Uh, welcome, everybody. How was that, Connor? Did you like that? That was good. Sounds just like the baseball announcers. That's what I want to be like. Steven will be proud if he I try be to be proud. a baseball announcer. But hello, everyone. Welcome back to Resident Skeptics. I'm Jordan. Connor is over there. Today, Connor's going to have a therapy session. He's having some issues, and I want to hear about them. <laughs> <laughs> um, today, his issues, and I mean, he has many issues. Let's be honest. He has an entire list a yeah, full this... one terabyte hard drive of issues uh, sitting on his computer about things. So, the, but we're only going to tackle one today. We're only going to tackle one, and I have some thoughts on it. But you we're know, the biggest get your terabyte thoughts. of problems on these desks is your laptop right now, right? Oh, sh- oh, that's mean. That's mean. Okay, for context, my <laughs> laptop is dying, um, and I can't even download Windows 11. That's how bad it is. So I'm being you don't forced. Want it. You don't want it right now. I know. I, I I don't need I don't need Windows 11. I just need more space, and I want to be able to do more editing. But listen, we're not here to talk about my problems today. We're here to talk about Connor's problems. That is the world's problem, and the world's problem right now on the world stage is Russia and Ukraine. Uh, if you live under a rock, I think that's like my new catchphrase. If you live under a rock, um, if you live under a rock, Ukraine and Russia. They're having some issues. I think Kamala Harris actually said it best, didn't she? (laughs) She did. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but not that much. Just kind of off the cuff, because this is a really easy quote to remember. But um, Russia is a big country. Ukraine (laughs) is a small country. And Russia invaded Ukraine, which is a smaller country. And that is bad. Basically. That's bad. I will look for the exact quote, but I am not that far off. Yeah. And I don't even have to say I'm not sure about that or this is my best guess. I know that I'm more than 75% right on that quote. Um, yeah, no, my problem is Jordan's problem. It's everybody else's problem. And that's just how muddy the reporting is on Russia and Ukraine. Not only do we have sources saying Russia is losing the fight in Ukraine and Russia is losing or, or rather U- Ukraine is winning the fight. You can't... You can't figure out who who's winning, who's losing, what's going on. Um, recently, it does look like uh, there was a massacre um, in Buchen, I think. I might be saying that right. Buka. Uh, Russia pulled out of there, but they've left a wake of death in their path. Um, and I, I, was ex- I was expressing some frustration with Jordan here because when looking up sources on the conflict that's going over there. It has been very odd. We discussed in a previous podcast at the beginning of March when all of this started, just how much propaganda was coming out, not only out of Ukraine, or out of, well, yeah, not only out of Ukraine, but out of Russia. Russia is coming out with propaganda that's like, oh my gosh, Russia is amazing. This is going well. We are winning this war. Uh, Ukraine has some bad neo-Nazis in it that we're trying to take care of. That they also have their story about, uh, you know, NATO's just trying to encroach more on the border, which there's a little bit of truth to that one, if mm-hmm. you ask me. Um, and then, you know, Ukraine had propaganda with like all these different people that are coming out to to help. They had the, uh, what, the model uh, or no, Miss Ukraine or something that was out there fighting. Nope, those were just airsoft guns. She's not, she wasn't really yeah. out there. Um, and just they basically had propaganda about you know how everybody was coming together to fight. And I don't doubt that there's people that are coming together that wouldn't normally ever 
even try to get into a military conflict. I don't doubt that. But the propaganda was thick on both sides. For two different, and might add for two different reasons. Yes. Right. To, to benefit their own side. Right. And, and, you know, Ukraine wants to look like they're doing super well. And to a certain extent, I think to any, I'm going to take a sip of water. I think to every little bit of propaganda, there might be some truth, right? Mm-hmm. There is some truth in the fact that Ukraine, it's not just all propaganda, that Ukraine is somehow doing something yep. to hold off the Russians, right? We know that that's true based upon the fact that Russia is still doing this. They haven't declared victory yet. So clearly, we know that that's happening and that Ukraine is surprising us, regardless of these fictional stories about Snake Island or the Ghost of Kiev or Miss Ukraine, we know that they're doing something, right? Mm-hmm. So we can hold on to that. I think what's creating some uneasiness for in real life for a lot of people is that no one seems to be able to communicate incredibly clearly. Because here's the thing, we have Putin, we have we don't know whether or not he's insane or not. We just don't know. Um, he's getting older we're just not sure. But also the thing we don't know is, um, is he going to use weapons of mass destruction? We also have another person that can't communicate clearly, and that person is Joe Biden, where he's made plenty of gas. He's like, oh, yeah, he was talking to the troops. He's like, yeah, you're going to go when you go to Ukraine. You're going to see this. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, we're going to Ukraine? And then he's like, yeah, if, you know, uh, Putin uses weapons of mass destruction, we'll respond in kind, uh, which means that, America will use weapons of mass destruction, which the White House had to walk back. So all the communication is so weird. One, because we have Putin who uh, and Russia that has their propaganda, and then Biden, who is an old, doddering man that should never have become the president of the United States. And then we have Ukraine that wants to bolster how they're looking, and they're putting out propaganda too. So it's all this giant mess. But here's what makes it worse, and I think this is what maybe is upsetting you is that everyone thinks they know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. They, they, they are so sure that they, everything they've learned is 100% accurate. That's, I think, what is really bothersome. That and the black and white outlook that is just all too common. And it's that. Russia is absolutely the bad guy. This is not provoked in any such way. And the Ukrainians are completely blameless of initiating anything like this. Um, And they're totally the victims in this. I am not saying that they are not victims. What's going on over there is horrendous. It is atrocious. It's uncalled Um, for. It's totally, it is, it is uncalled for. Um, But to say that it's not provoked um, to say that, you know, Ukraine doesn't have some bad players in their midst, um, especially with the Hunter Biden uh, scandal going out. It's not like Russia doesn't have scandals. Of course, Russia has scandals. Russia has them. Ukraine has them. China has them. And America's got a ton. And in all of this, I'm just not seeing the black and white picture that everybody else does. And I think I pointed this out several years ago, um, back with... Uh, the Democrats accusing Trump of Russia collusion all the time. For four years, we got this. Actually more, because it started in the campaign. Um, But if you look at a lot of Western media, movies, TV shows, stories, 
It is very often that Russians, usually the fictional ones, are usually the bad guys. And I've, I've caught on to this kind of subculture bias that paints Russia as the villains that are always trying to take down America. And even this bleeds into uh, Christians and how they interpret the Bible. I believe it's uh, Gog is the land from the north uh, that's supposed to invade Israel in the end times. And it's like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Russia's north of Israel. There's a lot of countries that are north of Israel. And who says it's even going to be Russia at that point? Yeah. I think one of the concerns here, and uh, Russell Brand, who's surprisingly one of the better reporters out there these days, he's actually fantastic, um, pointed out quite rightly that America does, oh, America doesn't like Russia. Uh, Russia has not been allowed into NATO. Um, they very much kind of set themselves up as a separate world power that doesn't really want to hold hands with the rest of the world. Um as much as it may not be liked, it does kind of set some checks and balances if you are against a one world order, which has been stated by Biden and then later retracted by the White House. But, you know, they do that all the time anyways. Um, but not just not just them. Um, you've got the Economic Forum that has hundreds of companies, countries, high profile people that are all dedicated towards creating this type of one world order. And, you know, everybody tends to just get labeled in as a conspiracy theorist. Um, but, you know, it, it seems that as long as America is not even just America, but America and European countries, but we're going to focus on America because that's where we are. And that's what we're skeptical about. Um, America's interests in hurting Russia, in, in getting Putin out of power and maybe westernizing uh, Russia a bit more. It's a concern because America has done this time and time again, quite a few times within our lifetime, um, where they try to subvert whatever governing, governing power is in existence. And the Middle East is our best example of what happens when America goes in and tries to do that. We've seen the creation of ISIS and potentially Al-Qaeda um, along with what's the other, uh, the Taliban, we've seen a lot of those become the result of America interfering in other places. And I've actually got a couple sources here, um, that I wanted to pull up because America has been doing this quite a bit. And, uh, from channel four news, they have a whole fact check column, uh, by Martin Williams and there's a couple of quotes that I wanted to pull from here, just about some of the things that America has done. Um, but Don Levin is an academic from the Institute for Politics and Strategy at Carnegie Mellon University. He's calculated a vast scale of election interventions by both the U.S. and Russia. And according to his research, which is linked, um, there were 117 partisan electoral interventions between 1946 and 2000. And that's around one of every nine competitive uh, elections held since the Second World War. The majority of these, almost 70%, were cases of U.S. interference. And these are not all from the Cold War era. 21 such interventions took place between 1990 and 2000, of which 18 were by the U.S. So 18 out of 21 of these interventions. 60 different independent countries have been the targets of such interventions, Levin's writes. The targets come from a large variety of sizes and populations ranging from small states such as Iceland and Granada to major powers such as West Germany, India, and Brazil. Um, 
I've got some other numbers uh, to pull out from some other articles here, but it's not like America hasn't tried to either upfront or behind the scenes change countries. And Russia, I can see being target number one. Yeah, well, I think there's a broader question here of what do you think America's role is in on the world stage? Is their goal just to kind of keep to themselves and, and kind of, you know, not worry about other countries? Or should they become more involved in foreign affairs, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, I don't know if like conquering is the right word, but definitely being in control of those countries. So you have to ask, we have to ask ourselves that question. Um, and when it's i think afghanistan is a pretty good example um where this is where a lot of conservatives were beginning to argue is should we have even had a presence there in the first place why were we trying to quote unquote like civilize afghanistan um and then obviously biden whether regardless of you know what side you fell on that pulling out the way we did was just it was just really really bad um and then, you know, the same thing kind of goes with, I think it's South Korea, where we have troops there. If we took away those troops, how fast would other countries just pounce? America mm. is, and I was talking to a friend about this, um, her family's from Australia, where she said, you know, I don't think people really understand if America removed their presence um, from different parts of the world, what exactly would happen? They have mm-hmm. no idea what America does to keep not just America safe, but even to a certain extent, uh, protecting uh, other other parts of the world. Um, that does not mean that I think America is like some sort of savior or righteous savior of any sort. You've talked about that. I'm sure America has interfered um, with plenty of elections. Um, I think there are corrupt people on the top uh, of our chain. But I think we have to ask ourselves how involved we want to be with other countries and I haven't 100% answered that question. I think that having our presence in certain areas is a good idea, that I think that we should establish our dominance uh, on the world stage and be known as a strong world power that if you do anything that we don't like, um, you know, we have the resources to stop you. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what I really liked about Trump is that, you know, dislike the man for whatever reason, that's fine. I might honestly probably end up agreeing with you um, on some stuff, but you know, when it came to China and his tweets, I mean, it was power. It said, if you do this, like, I will, I will bomb you. I will do, you have no idea what kind of hell will rain down on you if you do any <laughs> of this. And like, that's scary to other countries. Like, okay, he might be mad, but he does have the resources to do this. And we should probably listen. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a little bit, it kind of goes back to what you're talking about, Connor, of things being black and white. Foreign affairs is far from black and white. I hardly understand it. I really do. I hardly understand it. It's not as black and white as some people would like to think. And it's interesting the way Americans think, right? Mm-hmm. Well, think about the different things that we've had happen, even from 2020 onward. I can't believe it's been two years. Um, yeah, really. Where Americans have been almost conditioned to see things in black and white. With the police, they're like, all police are bad and racist. They go into these complete um, absolutes, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like, okay, what about the black police officers? Hmm? You know, like, strange, you know, what if there's just a couple of, not couple, but couple in regards of how big the police force is of bad apples. Like, we're, we're taught to think in these absolutes that don't actually encompass reality, 
and and because of that i think we're just conditioned that way and so it's like when we make it to russia and ukraine it's like Ukraine is all good and Russia is all bad. Supposed to kind of looking at reality and saying what you've said, like, okay, Russia should not have attacked Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that all Ukrainians are good? No. A lot of the people, the oligarchs, the ones that are higher up, there's a lot of corruption on the top part of Ukraine. That doesn't mean that we don't have sympathy. And I do think we should protect the citizens of Ukraine that have really done nothing that probably maybe even detests some of the stuff uh in their own government um so we can we can see the good and the bad of both sides and still even have a primary objective i'd still say the primary objective is probably at this point with putin to get him to back down somehow um yeah which where where have been the negotiations so i know that there was like some negotiations and Poland, do not quote me on that, but there have been some negotiations. There was even some poisonings, uh, I think, of some Russians. I think it was Russians. Mm -hmm. Um, Hang on, actually, let me look here. Poisoning. Yes, okay. So um, it was definitely poisoning. Uh, This is according to the Wall Street Journal. They reported that Russian-Ukrainian peace talks held uh, earlier in uh, March they suffered symptoms typical of poisoning after a meeting to discuss diplomatic efforts to end the war launched by Russian uh, President Vladimir Putin. Um, so Russian oligarch Roman, forgive me for not saying it right, Abramovich and two senior members allegedly showed physical reactions and other ailments which developed after their meeting in Kiev, um, Ukraine. Uh, so... There have been some, and there has been right. some. Who did the poisoning? We don't know. Remains uh, to be seen. Yeah, we don't. It could be. It could be don't. done either way. It could be Russia trying to take out influential people. It could be Ukraine making it look like Russia tried to do something. And right. We saw. I think we saw a gas attack like that happen during President Trump's uh, presidency. That happened. Uh, was it Egypt? I do not remember I'm this. That one. There was a chemical attack and we responded uh, very quickly. And I don't know that it was as clear cut as the initial reports were, uh, at least to the point that the bombing may have been regrettable. Um, although I think they only hit like military institutions. Um, but yeah, this, this black and white type of play, this right and left paying attention to only part of the news. I pulled up a segment here that showed Jordan from... Uh, ground.news just kind of help you compare sites sources who's leaning left who's leaning right Um, I'd like to see their standards for what determines if somebody's right or left but um, at least when we're 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 checking what they're showing here they've got 18 sources that have reported on the US Senate uh, the story for US senators wanting to remove Russia from the UN Human Rights Council only 15% of the reports were from the left and 54% came from the right that actually kind of surprised me. I would think Human Rights Council and stuff is right up the last alley uh, and that you would see a bit more reports from then. Contrast that with Hillary Clinton saying, calling for harsher punishments on Putin and saying that you know now's the time to double down on those punishments. 57% of the sources are left and 14% of right. Yeah, well, here's a, here's a question with that specifically with Putin is... Like, we had Lindsey Graham that called for Russians to assassinate Putin. Mm -hmm. So stupid. (coughs) Lindsey Graham is a Republican, by the way. It's just so stupid. Just one of the dumbest. Like, as a senator, that's a stupid idea. But whatever. Like, what does it look like to stop Putin right now? Like, where he's... It's almost like he's got, like, a trigger finger where it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. 
we want to we want to put some more make it harder for Putin but at the same time we're at that point where we almost have to give him something right we got to give him something so that he can kind of declare some level of victory there's no way he can Putin I don't think that Putin would come out of this saying that he lost he has to find a way somehow to say that he had some level of success. Right. So maybe, and I'm just, this is just thoughts. I'm not sure. Maybe the reason why the right isn't covering it is because maybe they don't necessarily want, it's as tricky. Obviously they want to take Putin down, but they're not sure if trying to squeeze him more is, hang on, let me try to put it this way. If squeezing Putin more, if they squeeze Putin more at this point, he could go after Ukraine with chemical weapons, if that makes sense. Right. Or retaliate uh, against other countries. Right. Again, I'm not necessarily defending that. I'm just saying, okay, why would the right not cover this supposed to... And also with the left, the left might want to cover Hillary more uh, Mm -hmm. because she was kind of floated out there for maybe running for 2024, which is a joke, but whatever. Maybe they want to give her that coverage and maybe the right is just like, don't really want to. Um, I don't think either, I don't know. I think that maybe, I may think that the right should cover it a little bit more or Mm -hmm. just cover everything fairly, but I'm not really sure. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't think it's it's short to say that Hillary Clinton's calling on on harsher punishments is... It's ne- that's not necessarily a partisan issue. It's a, probably a very bipartisan type feeling. But then to not cover it is disingenuous. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't disagree. I. Th- I mean, it doesn't seem like it hasn't been covered at all. Maybe a little bit, but yeah. I agree. Um. And that's. But that's the thing. We don't know. That's yeah. We don't kind know of- how far Putin's willing to take things when pressed. And I think that's what's kind of held a lot of people at bay. That being said, it's not like a lot of these countries that would get involved, America included, wouldn't benefit from having another war, especially if it simultaneously helps knock Russia down a couple pegs. Yeah, and that's, I'm just not, I'm just not sure with the current administration. I don't think they want, I don't know if they want another war. Uh, I think that having a war, I think it would look really bad for Biden. Not only is Biden completely mentally incapable of handling such a thing, given his cheat sheet that he needed to walk back a lot of the crap that he said, mm-hmm. um, but starting World War Three in his presidency would be would be pretty uh, would be pretty rough. Yeah, um, probably not a good outlook. It's it's not. And there was a point where I was getting upset people for saying talking about World War Three so quickly. By the way, I've thought about it more, and I haven't changed my mind about saying those things um, because it was incredibly premature and to a certain extent we're at a point where with the way that this war has gone with russia you know if if america chooses to get involved we are closer to a world war three i think than we were probably a month ago i think that's probably true does that mean that it'll happen still don't think it's incredibly likely um i mean but it could it could be especially when i consistently am seeing articles about you know the u.s funneling weapons over to ukraine so they're passively joining the fight. And right. that's, that's what a lot of countries are doing. And I mean, that's kind of just the first step before they directly decide to get involved. What, what's weird is that there's there's more talks about, you know, needing to get, uh, well, defending the Ukrainians outright or getting them the supplies and everything they need to defend more so than I hear talks of like some sort of a treaty or trying to get things, you know, 
calmed down a bit more diplomatically than than guns, bombs, and chemicals. I think yeah. that's part of the concerning outlook for me is that I'm not, I don't feel like there's that much of a push to get them to stop. It's kind of just like NATO, mostly NATO countries are just kind of waiting to see what the outcome is. Like, is, is Putin going to let off or is he going to give him a good enough excuse to get involved? Um, Cause it's, it's, I don't feel like it's that hard of a point to make that the U S government does not see Russia uh, as a friendly and they would probably be pretty happy to to start subverting some of their stuff. And largely the this culture from what I've been reading and listening to is that the, the culture, Western culture is very much, it catches on places and it's not something that old school Russians are, are wanting because they kind of still see themselves in that fight against America. I mean, it, Russia was like the king of propaganda, uh, I, we we read um, what was the book that we did a review on? I'm blanking on the name right now. Animal Farm. Animal Farm. Mm-hmm. And, and the, you know, in that they had a whole point where a human came in to check out the farm, and they faked the food stock and how happy everybody was. And Russia did all of that and more. And so it's not like they're. They're almost doing that now, right? Because Mm -hmm. we're almost, a lot of us are really surprised that Russia didn't take them out. Like we were expecting like Russia's going to take Ukraine in two days, right? It wasn't going to take long. One week max, flatten Ukraine, gone. And it, and it turns out, it turns out that, um, we're nearing a month of this. Yeah. And, and they're not as strong as we thought. And, you know, forgive me for actually, actually don't forgive me. I am a bit religious. Do I think God has sovereignty over what's happening right now? I do. Um, I think some of the stuff I'm seeing, I'm just like, this should not be happening. So I think that, again, you don't have to think that, um, but I think God does definitely have a hand in what's going on. Not saying that like God is like, and this is, this would be a very, um, what's the word? Rudimentary understanding of the Bible that say, oh, if, if, if God helps a certain country, that means that he thinks they're amazing. Not so. Um, if you read the, if you read the old Testament, he hands over the Israelites multiple times, um, to horrible, to horrible countries. Um, so I do think that there is some, some interesting stuff going on there in a spiritual way, but but on a much more practical note, um, I don't think Russia is as strong as they made themselves out to be in the first place. Mm-hmm. No, I would I would agree that uh, Russia has certainly put on a face and a bravado about what their country is capable of. And, you know, getting a month into a war with Ukraine, a country with much less resources um, and military and equipment, military, military and military equipment... It, the fact that it's gone on this long is, is quite astounding. Um, but what to make of the entire situation and how it will progress? No idea at this point. Yeah. And everyone, I think the reason why everyone wants to see, like have an opinion is I think they want a way of feeling like they're in control, like they're in control of the situation and they know what the outcome is going to be, even though they don't. And so they fight so hard for it because they want it to be true because they want that emotional security. Um, and we're at a point really where, you know, they're, we're, our country is very vulnerable, much more vulnerable than we once were. I mean, we're still strong, but that's going to change if we keep going the route that we're going. And so if I think for the first time, um, Americans, because we haven't been in a war, like a real, real, real war since like World War II. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, we've had wars in, or we've had issues in like Middle Eastern countries, uh, but nothing like Russia, like 
within our lifetime really yeah um so this is scary it's unknown and so we want to know what's going on yeah the most fighting we've ever had on our own home turf in the past like 100 years uh to my knowledge is probably pearl harbor uh yeah i mean well because pearl harbor i mean it was a big like oh you know wake up call and also i forgot i i do apologize we did have 9-11 mm-hmm. on our um on our land um on but our- even that these days is very muddied uh facts about what may or may not have happened and how big that organization was that even pulled that off yeah uh, um, to the point that we can't even say that it was outright i mean like pearl harbor japan attacking us yeah they own it we know it that's what happened that's just kind of what japan was doing back in those days uh and as far as the terrorists for 9-11 go it's unclear at this point if there was a greater governing body if there are a couple of rogue terrorists that that went out and did this yeah we do know that they're terrorists though and we do know that they that they hated they hate america Mm -hmm. um and they they hate our freedom and 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 for some reason the left doesn't like to talk about that they somehow like terrorists i don't understand um but but anyway um i guess because we're kind of kind of want to wrap this up a little bit my my thoughts on all of this, I guess more from like a philosophical or like, I guess like emotional standpoint, is I think that Americans are emotionally just weak and we don't know how to deal with this. We we mm-hmm. have, we've been so comfortable that it's made us vulnerable. And so I think we're going to end up seeing kind of what happens to people when the idea of uncertainty kind of comes up. Like honestly, to me, this is slightly more frightening or slightly more concerning than COVID was where you knew that there was a lot of Yeah, I would say the long-term outcome here yeah. is, is more concerning for me than COVID. Yeah, for, Just because for of me who too. it can, can possibly envelop. And America geographically is positioned pretty well to not be bothered that much. Um, yeah, I don't think the fighting... I don't this I'm saying I think cuz I just don't know. But I don't think it's going to make it Russia would be an idiot to come right for us. They're going to come for Ukraine, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um as long as we're not getting directly involved. And I don't know if we should get directly involved at this point. I don't think it Man, I can't I can't tell you. I don't there would have been a point where I'm like, man, we shouldn't get involved. Um that's, that's the hard part. Is America going to get involved for the right reasons? And will they be able to get out for the right reasons? We've seen them successfully tear apart the Middle East um, to the point that nobody wants to travel there for for any type of trip. Um, it's really not safe. And I don't believe that that was the case 20 years ago before all of this started. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I don't know enough about that to even comment. Mm-hmm. So I'll just let you speak because I have no idea. <laughs> no, it's just it's something I've caught wind of in some interviews that, you know, going out to places like Libya and Iraq, like I mean, they are beautiful countries, um, but now they're war torn. Yeah. And, you know, maybe America's initial in, um, reasons for getting in there was to take care of these terrorist groups that caused 9-11 uh, and were potentially going to cause more damage. But ultimately... They, they stayed for oil. They stayed to try and overturn governments and westernize them and all these other things that ultimately has made everything much worse there. And I'm not yeah. looking to see that happen to Ukraine or Russia. Um, unfortunately, and like I, I read earlier, uh, how many of those? 
72 times from 47 to 89, the U.S. was trying to change other nations' governments. Um, it's not like America doesn't do this. Covert and overt meddling in elections and government overturns. Um, yeah. So America really just, they can play this either way and come out benefiting, to be honest. Right, um, that's, and that's an interesting perspective. That's kind of the okay. concern uh, for me, is that America is not... I don't know. Like it's kind of like America isn't necessarily always going to be the good guy here. Yeah, I think I think there could be some truth to that. Um, some good thoughts there. Uh, definitely something just kind of be looking out for, and I think just being what's the word I'm looking for. I think it's easy to be very fearful and to allow your fear to make really bad claims or to say really weird things or mm-hmm. to and just kind of I guess. If you want to have an opinion on something and you want to post it out there on the internet, um, you know, it is absolutely your right. Um, but ask yourself why you're doing it first. <laughs> why are you doing it? Um, are you doing it out of fear? Are you doing it because you think you know everything? What's what's the point? I'm, I'm of the camp that is like, I'm going to withhold. I'm not going to discuss something that I just don't know enough about. Um, the only thing that I've really said, and I'll still hold to it now, is that I do think that America's weakness, mainly from the Biden administration, is a contributing factor to Putin's boldness in thinking that he could do what he could do. I still believe that. Do I think it's the only reason? No. Um, mm. Do I think it's contributing? 100%. And I'll stick by that. I agree. And we don't really know what's for, we don't know for sure what's fueled this. I know that I postured potentially that, you know, maybe, maybe Putin had some sort of a medical problem. That's like, you're going to die in six months. So he's just doing everything he can. And uh, lo and behold, there's some reports that he might have some form of cancer after a bunch of visits from doctor. It could be NATO trying to encroach on Russian territory and maybe trying to subvert them. It could just be that, you know, Russia's doing a, Doing a tyrant type of uh, deal and taking, trying to take a uh, take back Ukraine into its territory, um, or it could be all of the above. And at the end of the day, I, I think we can conclude this is not a black and white instance. It's tragic. It's horrible what's going on over there. Um, but to just outright call one side, you know, the good guy and one the bad guy, and really just not deal in any shades of gray here mm-hmm. um, is overall going to be a problematic stance as things go on. Um, I think I feel very strongly that that's what happened to me for after 9-11. It was very much America's the good guys, terrorists are the bad guys, and they need to take them out. And looking back at it now, I kind of wish that we would have, you know, maybe hit them and left and and, and kind of been it. And I don't know how this is going to turn out. In the long run, uh, we will continue to track what we can of it um, and understand what our little minds can comprehend (laughs) with all of the stuff that's flooding in and sift out the propaganda. Um, Jordan, anything else to add? No, I don't have anything else. Um, Like I said, we'll keep you guys up to date. Thanks for listening.